Salutations, peace, and blessings. You're listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I am your host, the Commish. And I was right. I hate to be the one to say I told you so, but I was right. When you know how a team is supposed to play and where we are with this team, with the same coach, the same quarterback, and Patrick Mahomes, this is the outcome you're expecting. I mean, this is what I was expecting. I don't know what half you guys or most of you guys were expecting, whether you're a fan of football or a fan of the Eagles or not. When you're talking about one of the best coaches in NFL history and Andy Reid, and you're talking about one of the best quarterbacks of all time, and Patrick Mahomes, even at the age of 27, the outcome will be this way every time talking about a mastermind and Andy Reid and a high-powered talent and Patrick Mahomes and you have victories you have Super Bowl wins second one in the three times they've been to the Super Bowls their second win clearly Patrick Mahomes is one of the best quarterbacks of all time this man is one of few few that have won the regular season MVP trophy and the Super Bowl MVP trophy in the same season twice. There's not many quarterbacks that I can think of that have pulled off that feat. He is one of three quarterbacks, including Tom Brady and Joe Montana, to bring their teams to wins after trailing by 10 points. And this is something that even if you dug further, The accolades, the records, the stats are just overwhelming. He is the first quarterback in NFL history to win both MVP honors in the Super Bowl in the regular season, to win the Super Bowl before the age of 30 within a span of six years. Amazing. What, What else can we say about this Kansas City team? We don't really know. I said it last episode. I don't want to keep beating a dead horse. It's all about coaching. It's all about time management. It's about how you motivate your team to win. It's about adjustments, situational football. It's what you're doing in this situation, a very dire, a very serious situation where you're trying to win the game. Kansas City was down by 10 points at halftime. This was a team that wasn't struggling, but they were trying to find ways to execute those plays just to be in the hunt. If they were down by 20 points, it would have been a different situation. But the Kansas City Chiefs won most of their games from playing from behind in the first half. So this is nothing different. It's the fact that Andy Reid is the coach. Andy Reid is one of the best coaches in NFL history. He is supposed to find ways to get this team to win. And with the help of Patrick Mahomes, that of course was ailing in the first half after re-injuring his ankle sprain, high ankle sprain, found a way to manage this team to win. This guy throws two touchdowns in the second half. This guy manages the ball to allow Isaiah Pacheco 
to rush for a touchdown. And if he's not the caveat to this win, I don't know what else to tell you. Without Pacheco's running game, without his 75 yards on the field, on the floor there, we're talking about a different game. This is a different game altogether. Because for what the Philadelphia Eagles were doing on third down and fourth down, that defense for Kansas City could not stop it. They had to find a way to make sure that they can get Philly out of their game offensively so that they're not moving the ball and controlling the time of possession in their favor. For those that might have paid attention, the Eagles had the ball for over 20 minutes in the first half. That's amazing. No one's thinking about that. But they had full control of that game in the first half. But when you have a coach like Andy Reid in your pockets, this is what's supposed to happen when the game is over. Patrick Mahomes could very well be the best quarterback of this generation. Bar none. It's not to take away or discount what Jalen Hurst has done this past season. I believe he should have been MVP. But let's go with what we see going on with Patrick Mahomes. He leads the league in passing yards. He leads the league in passing touchdowns. Then he goes out there and rushes for over uh, 45 yards in the Super Bowl with a bad ankle. Sometimes we have to play above and beyond our expectations to win games. And in a situation like this where that team was hungry to win, the end result was predictable. Yeah, I mean, I may, I may feel sorry for Sirianni to a degree. I don't feel that bad for Sirianni. But if you can't find a way to manage this team, to coach this team, to make the adjustments, to try to stop this Kansas City offense, what more can anybody do? It was working on offense for Philly. For what I saw from Jalen Hurst, he was airing that ball out, connected with Devontae Smith a few times. Dallas Godert connecting with uh, A.J. Brown. He was he was finding ways to move the ball and to score. This man rushed for three touchdowns. That's a record in itself. Where ties one. Still throws for over 300 yards in the Super Bowl. If you ask the commission, he should have been the MVP of the Super Bowl in a losing effort. But I understand we don't want to take away from the thrill of victory. We don't want to take away from the enthusiasm and the zealous that comes with a Super Bowl win. You cannot anoint somebody for losing. And even though it's been done before, we can't do that to Patrick Mahomes. Patrick Mahomes, after being drafted by this team before the age of 30, this guy's only 27. He has won two Super Bowls in the three Super Bowls that he's been there. And he's been Super Bowl MVP twice. There's only one other quarterback that was able to be the regular season MVP and the Super Bowl MVP in the same season. And that was nearly 30 years ago. See, greats like this come around once every 20 years. So if you are a person that could have had Patrick Mahomes and passed up on him or didn't do enough to trade up for him, shame on you. Because now you've ruined whatever chances you have. He's on the best team in the league. He's with the best coach in, the, in, in NFL history. Next, of course, the Belichick. But this system works. This offense that they have works. 
they changed things up on that Philly defense. They confused that Philadelphia defense. And they found a way to win. Patrick Mahomes throws two touchdowns in the second half. And they basically, essentially won that game. But you know what I don't like? I don't like the narrative that came from this. The question of if that holding call was necessary. Well, let me ask you guys the question. If the refs are there to make calls, and they noticed that there was an obvious, a blatant holding penalty in front of them, why would they let that go? See, it's it's only fair if we want to talk about a Super Bowl, right? It's justified if we're talking about how thrilling the Super Bowl was, how exciting, how exuberating this Super Bowl was, right? But when it comes down to a team of yours that might have missed out on a chance in the playoffs for the same reasons, where's well, a different narrative now? Now we're upset, we're beside ourselves. How can they miss that? What kind of refs are these? We think of every low-down negative thing about these refs, derogatory, repulsive thing we can think about these refs, because now we're upset. How dare they do that against my squad? How can they miss a call like that? Well, listen, people. We can't have it both ways. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You cannot try to justify a call that the refs made correctly because the way the game was playing out, you didn't want it ruined. Shut up. Shut up. You don't blame the refs for a call that was obvious. You blame the fool that made the penalty. You blame Bradbury for what he did. And he owned up to it by saying, yeah, I held him. So what are we talking about, ladies and gentlemen? What exactly is your problem? If that was the play that cost Philadelphia the game, I told you guys last week, this is what it comes down to. Mistake-free football against the Kansas City Chiefs that you know takes advantage They galvanize all bad calls. They find a way to win the moment you slip up. And it can only just be once that you could slip up. But that wasn't one of the bad calls, to many people's opinion. That wasn't one of the setbacks. The other setback was when Jalen Hurst fumbled the ball, giving it to the defense for a touchdown. They don't score that touchdown. Guess who wins the game? See, let's not nitpick over the things that we know we can't avoid. We can't overlook something like that. We can't overlook a call that blatant. It's that exposed. You held the man. The refs had to make the call. Let's not make this about what the refs did wrong. They didn't do a thing wrong this game. But I've seen many games in my time, and that might be within the span of the last three to five years, where a lot of teams did not make the postseason because of similar calls like that that might have been called or might not have been called. It's always 50-50 for the ref to make the right call. It's always been that way. And if the ref catches it, then the ref's supposed to make the call. They're supposed to throw the flag. They're supposed to announce the penalty because it's obvious. And there's people now saying, well, I would have let that play on. Shut up. Who are you fooling? 
If your team was out there with a chance to win and you saw a play like that happen and they throw the flag on what uh, what we saw was a holding call, a holding penalty, how are we to challenge if I would have thrown the flag or not? It's not about the outcome of the game. It's not about the rhythm of the game. In crucial situations, you will make mistakes like this because you're panicking. You are in a desperate situation to do the right thing in spite of what you are being exposed to on plays like that. That play was designed so that Juju Smith-Schuster would be available to catch the touchdown pass. But he can't catch it if he's being held. The defender knew that. The coaching staff knew that. Why would they put him on Juju Smith-Schuster? What difference would it make? Juju was going to get that ball regardless because the play was designed for the outside of maybe an overthrown ball by Mahomes. This was what the play was supposed to do. Bradbury knew it. He got beat. It happens. In football, it happens. Even in the Super Bowl, you got to let that go, people. Don't let your pride interfere with what is the facts. The fact is he held that man from catching a touchdown pass, a potential touchdown pass. And it set Kansas City up for the winning field goal. That's football. That is situational football. You ain't gonna tell me that, Commission. Well, then people shut up about the holding penalty. Shut up. Let's not dilute the Super Bowl to just one penalty call that cost them the game. It's the same thing that happened to Cincinnati. And that was blatant. He pushes Patrick Mahomes while he was well out of bounds. Unnecessary roughness. So now we're going to time it to see if maybe the push was too soon or too late. Come on, stop. Let's accept the fact that the better team won. The team that knew how to manage the clock. The team that found a way to get Patrick Mahomes to throw the ball to make sure he was able to score and to make those first down calls to make sure their team was in a position to move the ball and control the clock won the game the first half was completely dominant by Philadelphia and so we saw what Philly had the potential of doing but this is the Kansas City Chiefs as I said last episode we've been there done that we know what we're supposed to do now it's what we didn't do the last Super Bowl that's got us better prepared for this Super Bowl. We're supposed to execute this way. We are the better team. We know this, in spite of not being favored to win the game. But they proved to the world just how great, how extraordinary this Kansas City Chief team is. They proved to the world just how extraordinary Andy Reid is as a coach. And with Patrick Mahomes there as quarterback for this team. This team could win more Super Bowls. They could become a dynasty. But again, what? We have to get to the Super Bowl first. And then we have to win the Super Bowl. And Patrick Mahomes was, was spot on. I wouldn't call us a dynasty yet. He knows. Two wins in three Super Bowls looks great percentage-wise. But that does not make us a dynasty. There's more football that needs to be played. And for a person like Patrick Mahomes that's only 27 years old, this is just the beginning of what could be 
an outstanding legacy, an even better dynasty to come for the Kansas City Chiefs. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down podcast. I have had the pleasure of talking football for the last six months, from college to professional. And I have to say, this was one of the better Super Bowls I've seen. But it's also one of the more predictable Super Bowls that I've seen. I know enough about football to know what players and coaches can do. How players and coaches can be different from others. Coaches that have the high IQ and football acumen to go out there and execute plays always stand out in the crowd. What's convincing about the Los Angeles Rams from last season? was that they had a defense that was able to execute against a very weak offensive line with Cincinnati, in spite of how great a season Joe Burrow had. You know, it's it's just the fact that the most dominant team usually doesn't come from the most dominant players. Sometimes it comes right there from the coaching staff. Sean McVay was quick to walk away from football because in his mind he felt like he's done all that he could do. Somehow or another he was convinced to stay. But it's the fact that if you have such a great coach like a McVeigh and you have a great coach like an Andy Reid or dare I say Bill Belichick or John Harbour or Mike Tomlin, sometimes it's hard to let those guys go. Sean Payton is now coaching Denver after Denver's gotten rid of a whole bunch of picks. They've given away a slew of picks just to make sure they have. Sean Payton available, along with Russell Wilson. This is where I am, and I talked about it before. It's about how you can get the best coaches out there for what you can afford, for what you can give up in return of somebody that is just that great. You take the chances that you can. You go above and beyond for the sake of what you feel this organization needs to sign other teachers and other coaches to play for this team, sometimes it's not about that. Sometimes we have to give up a lot just to get the success and the championships that we want. Everybody was talking about how offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy should be looking at a head coaching position. No. No, he shouldn't. And I think Eric Bieniemy knows this too. I'm only saying it to the group of people that listen to the show on a regular basis when I say if Eric Bieniemy tries to get a head coaching position, he could very well be the biggest, the most fascinating disappointment in NFL history. Why? Because now they're not looking at the success of what he's done with the Kansas City Chiefs. They're looking at what? They're looking at his character. Looking at his personality. How he's not quick to crack jokes. Or maybe he's making jokes that other people can't understand. This is a different vernacular from what we are used to when we're talking about coaching personality, coaching behavior, coaching acumen. This is a different situation with Eric Bieniemy, And it won't be promising if he decides to become head coach. There's no guarantee that he would be the head coach of any organization that is willing to make him a head coach and keep him there. DeMarco Ryans had to sign a six-year deal with the Houston Texans so that he wouldn't get fired in his first year as coach. This is what I'm getting at. It's just so unpredictable how we can have these coaches only stick around for a year only because 
of their personality, only because about their behavior, not about the acumen, not about the success, not about what you know about football. It's about character. Brian Flores has yet to get a head coaching position after losing one in Miami. Why wasn't his name mentioned for coaching anywhere, given what he did with that Miami team? And a lot of it probably stems from the fact that his personality may be too rigid. Maybe he has this dubious personality, or maybe he has this dubious uh, uh, attitude, or, or maybe we don't know what his reputation is outside of football. But what does that matter if he's able to win games? What does that matter? If you could take a team to the playoffs, does it really make a difference, his skin color? Does it really make a difference, his personality? Does it really make a difference, his character? Eric Bieniemy probably has a very sharp personality. He probably has a very illustrious and colorful personality. But you mean to tell me that you would keep him around for six years or more? It looks like you're not doing it for Flores. Is that because he's suing the NFL? Here's a better question. Did you expect for him not to sue the NFL? What can he what can he do? What is he supposed to do? This guy cost him a head coaching position because he wouldn't tank the season. So now that's his fault. The team had a winning record and you still fire him anyway. That's his fault. See, the thing is, it goes beyond X's and O's. It goes beyond what you know of football. This is personal. Shouldn't be personal, but it is. We don't know what to make of these coaches. And thus, we won't hire him. We don't like him. He doesn't compliment me the right way. He looks at my wife and my kids differently. Does he really? I mean, I, I'm making all this up, but it's little things like that. It's ticky-tack things like that. It keeps a person of his stature, a person like Eric Bieniemy, and his accomplishment and his reputation from having a head coaching position. Sad, but true. Say what you want. Success comes with a price. Maybe it's best to worry about that when the time comes, especially in Eric Bieniemy's case. So says the commission. You've been listening to the Kneel Down Podcast. I appreciate all those that have been listening to my show. It means that much to me. I'm not going to talk too much more about this. Football season's over. However, we do have the XFL coming up. We do have the USFL coming up. We have free agency market coming up. We got the draft in a few months. So, yeah, I'll talk more about football when the time comes. It's what I do. But I think from here on in, it's not worth beating a dead horse by saying that the Kansas City Chiefs did exactly what I thought they would do. Go out there and win a Super Bowl with the best coach and quarterback tandem that we have right now in the NFL. Hope everybody enjoys their weekend. Nobody, everybody out there is doing something, for the most part, entertaining. Trying to make up for the football we're not watching anymore. It may be tough. We'll find a way to make it do what it do. With that being said, I am the commission. Thank you again for listening to my show. I'm going to end it like I normally do by saying peace and love to all those out there. Stay safe. Get vaccinated. And I'm out.